This is the Parenting for Faith podcast from the Bible Reading Fellowship. Visit parentingforfaith.org for free online videos and resources and an eight-session course all about Parenting for Faith. You can also sign up for news, subscribe to this podcast, and find out about events and training in your area. Welcome to the Parenting for Faith podcast. My name is Rachel Turner, and today... On the podcast, we are talking about emotional intelligence and chatting to God, uh, how you help a kid deal with mean kids at school, or as my colleagues pointed out, children who are being mean, their identity is not in being mean. Uh, and uh, ooh, and yes, a very topical point today, um, Guy Fox and religious violence. And is there anything in it for us uh, in terms of faith and home. So, hmm, hmm. Uh, I got to tell you guys, I'm feeling a bit sassy today because, uh, sassy, not sexy, sassy, because I just got a haircut. And uh, so I'm doing a lot of head bobbling because I feel amazing coming out of uh, the place. So any, anyways, sorry. Uh, first, emotional intelligence and chatting to God. Um, as we help our kids pray, um, we can find sometimes that we get a stuck in helping them find a next step. And uh, for those of you who've been listening to Parenting for Faith for a while, you know that one of the ways we describe prayer to children is chatting and catching, sort of a, a hiding nothing from God, just letting it naturally um, talk to God about anything and everything, and then how to catch all of his communications back. And if you want to know more about that, feel free to look at the website, parentingforfaith.org. There's, um, there's a whole free course there about it if you want to really delve into it, or you can look at the Parenting Children for Life of Faith omnibus. Um, but chatting, um, when we talk about chatting with children, we're saying there's no limits on what you can say. Just feel free to just let all of your heart pour out to God. Um, but sometimes what can happen is uh, if you're finding your kids reaching a point where they're like, oh, I don't know what to chat to God about, Sometimes it's it's finding ways to encourage them and give them permission to talk about bigger and broader things, you know, suggesting, you know, for them to tell God jokes or to tell God all about that new toy they want or uh, to tell God how they feel about the move that's coming up, you know, giving them permission to talk about the breadth of things. But one of the things that can get in the way is also children's limited emotional vocabulary. Um, because if they only know things that are happy and sad, then they they struggle to articulate what they're feeling to God. They just know I'm feeling happy about some things and sad about some things. And all the stuff that's in the middle that has other names but they don't know yet, they find it hard to communicate to God. And so one of the things we can do is give them other ways of communicating that, like telling children, you know, feel free to just... Um, I tell the kids sometimes, if you don't know what word to use, just make the noise. And so I've I've uh, helped kids just go, oh, God, I'm feeling, oh, that's totally okay. I tell kids I cry at God sometimes. And so it's it's sort of a facilitating that extra verbal communication with God, but also taking our kids on a journey of learning more emotional words and learning to identify those emotions is really helpful in their connection with God. For instance, feelings like feeling ashamed or embarrassed or misunderstood or peaceful and excited, um, having regrets, that's a really important one, um, feeling betrayed, feeling joyful, feeling nervous, 
feeling worried, which can be two different things, feeling proud, feeling grateful, feeling lonely, feeling content, um, scared, and relieved. These are all really good emotion words that um, if we can help our kids learn to identify those in their own life, it just opens up for our kids all the different things you can talk to God about. You know, you look at the Psalms, David and the other writers of the Psalms are all over the place emotionally. They're talking about um, vengeance and fear and desperation and um, hope. And they're, they're having this wide range of emotions that they're talking to God about. And if our kids only feel they have happy and sad, it, it begins to be a limiter. So I would suggest you, you take your kids on a journey of teaching them all of these other emotion words and helping them learn to identify what those are. You know, when your kid's experiencing an emotion, you can say you look sad, but you can also say you look sad. Or do you think maybe you're feeling regret, like you wish that hadn't have happened or you wish you hadn't have made that choice? Or um, you can say, when I do, when I make a mistake, sometimes I feel ashamed where I know the other person's okay with what I did, but I'm just angry at myself and embarrassed that I did that. And it makes me want to hide. That's what I, that's what ashamed means to me. Do you ever feel that way? And you can explain what those words are and help your kids identify them when they're feeling them. Do you feel more misunderstood by your friend or do you feel more betrayed? Misunderstood is when when it's like your your friend just isn't understanding what you're saying and so you feel like you're disconnected that way. Or do you feel like you're betrayed, like like your friend knew about it and decided to hurt you anyways? And if you can explain those to kids and help them identify it, it really opens up their ability to talk to you and to God about it. So you can do that by creating windows into your life, talking about your emotions and saying, oh, I had a really tough day today. I was really nervous. My heart was beating fast. And when I gave this presentation and then when I finished, I felt relieved, like, whew, I'm so glad it's over. And I just feel lighter. I felt relieved. And you can just create windows into your life so they have more names for those words but then you can also make those observations and ask those do you feel this or that questions and describe it to them and the more you do that the more you can then at night time and when you pray together and when you help your kid chat to God you can say feel free to tell God everything including when you're feeling ashamed or misunderstood he understands all of those emotions um, tell God everything that you're feeling including all of those and it just helps that connection so have a go, have a try. It's an interesting journey trying to articulate words uh, for emotions and, and trying to really figure out how to explain it to your kid. But you know how their brains work and you'll be able to find exactly how to explain those emotions to them really well. I believe in you. Okay, here's question time. Uh, one of you sent in a question. Thank you very much. If you want to get in contact with your questions for us to answer the podcast, go on the parentingforfaith.org website and contact us through there or feel free to put it up on our Parenting for Faith Facebook page. This question came in and says, how do I help my son deal with the, some difficult children at school who seem to constantly be destructive with their words and behaviors? Uh... I think you can hear the nation's parents going, yes. Um, for the sake of this question, I am going to assume that um, this is about children who are choosing to be mean to your child, not 
a a bully. In, in my perspective, a bully is one of those, you know, out of control, um, targeted on your child, proactively seeking destruction for that child, which is definitely something that needs intervention and all sorts of stuff. Um, but I think that the gray middle ground that we often encounter is is the kids who are just mean. <laughs> and how do we cope with that? And and I think there are there are times when uh, our kids are encountering these um, children that we need to protect. But there are other times where we need to equip our kids to cope with it. And only you will know the right balance of the protecting versus equipping. Here's a, f- a few ways that we can equip our kids to cope with it. Um, because I think one of the key problems that happens when ki- when kids are being mean to each other is that our children end up feeling powerless. And one of the reasons that we equip our kids is so that they can find their power. They can feel proactive and not hopeless or helpless anymore. They know how to cope with it. So here's very quickly four things that you could do to help your kids if they're dealing with mean children. One, Back in episode one, we talked about how to encourage our kids um, for true confidence. And I think that's really important. Um, Mean children tend to try to pick away at each other's confidence. And uh, we as parents can go on a really important journey of building in our children a a real confidence of not... um, not their strengths and what they're good at, but truly what they bring to a community and and what they their power is in terms of helping and rescuing and what they bring into a room of joy and kindness and laughter and wisdom and whatever shape your kid is. If you go back and listen to the first part, I think, of episode one, we talk about how do we really build a, a confidence that lasts. And that is a, a really useful thing to do, particularly when your kid is dealing with lots of mean kids. The second thing we can do is frame it well. Uh, framing is when we, sh- we show our kids, explain to our kids what they're looking at. And often when kids look at people who are being mean, they're, they feel like they're looking at someone who who has looked at them and has judged them as bad. And so they begin to look at themselves and judge themselves as bad. But actually, when people are being aggressively mean, it usually has more to do with what's going on in them than what is happening within your child. And so you can frame it for them. You can say, you know, when people are angry, it's usually because they're experiencing fear or worry. And it sort of splashes out in anger because they don't want to feel those things. And so if you're having someone who's angry and who is snapping at you and and saying mean words to you. Sometimes it's because they're experiencing emotions and aren't coping with that very well. And it's splashing out on you in anger. Another thing sometimes is when people are choosing to be mean or destructive is because they're trying to find what makes them feel powerful. We all want to feel powerful and purposeful in the world. And sometimes people don't know how to do that. And so they go for the easy route of trying to get power by making other people feel small and by by um, using their strength of words and strength of body to squish other people so they can feel more powerful. And none of those things are okay. None of those things are okay, but that's what you're looking at. And I think that becomes really helpful in in helping children understand what's happening when other people are are encountering them. But the most important thing, I think, uh, well, there's two most, well, they're all important, is um, to give kids techniques around their circumstances. Um, Sometimes our kids need to be given permission to just walk away. Um, Sometimes they need to do some role play with us. I know it sounds totally lame, but kids really do need to practice sometimes how to be powerful in scenarios. So you can sit down and say, okay, so when your friend or when that person 
comes up and says something to you. Give me an example of something mean they've said. Oh, that's awful. I'm so sorry they said that. Uh, so when they come up and say that, what could you say? Why don't we try this? And you can practice it. You can practice one or two sentences that they can always say that makes them feel comfortable. And they can find that and they can say, yes, I like that or no, I don't. And together you can find it and practice it so that when it happens, they have something to pull out of their bag so they don't just feel lost. Um, another thing you could do is actually give them physical techniques. If someone's someone's pulling on them or yanking on them and they just you know need a, a way of spinning to get around because someone's trying to hug them all the time or one kid I know so there was a, a a child who kept hugging it so hard that it would hurt them and they didn't know how to get out of it so they felt very helpless so just a way of getting out of a hug um, completely changed this kid's experience of school um, but also helping them find God in it you know telling God those emotions and asking God um you know, when they go to the toilet, say, I'm feeling all of these emotions, God, can you take them away or fill me with your peace and giving them those techniques of how to connect to God in the middle of it. But I would say um, the, the last thing is to keep talking about it, to create windows into your life and tell stories of what it looks like for you. You know, there are people who are mean all over the world and in every life circumstance. And for you to come home and tell stories of, of what you struggle with and what you are trying and how you feel about it is so crucial for your kids because they can see that that this won't just go away next year. It's something that they'll encounter for their whole lives and that you're on that journey and they're on that journey and God is helping you and God can help them. And together you're a team who'll figure it out together. It's wild card time. And we're going to talk about Guy Fox. Yes, it's fireworks night, everybody. Boo, 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 boo. You know, it's weird. I don't know why that, that noise was <laughs> not fireworks. It's like some sort of weird Star Wars thing. Sorry. Sorry. Sorry, everybody. Uh, I uh, love Guy Fox night. I love fireworks, I think, uh, because I've lived in this country for ooh, 17 years at this point. And, uh, and I, I miss my 4th of July big fireworks of so, so, uh, gunpowder plot night uh, really gives me my fireworks experience. Uh, but to be honest, like some, some years we're like, ooh, Guy Fox night, let's go out and see fireworks. And other times you're like, what is that noise? Oh, it's Guy Fox night. And I, I forget it. And, and it, it can be something that just sort of, I don't know just swings by. And uh, and this year I was reflecting uh, on Guy Fox Night, not because I always reflect on it, but just because, you know, it was random. And, uh, and I began to think about the opportunity that it provides us to discuss something that's really relevant and something that's important and something that uh, still happens, which is religious violence. Because the story behind Gunpowder Plot is is a small example of something big. You know, it, back then, some Christians disagreed with other Christians about what exactly was right to believe. And they were so upset about it, and they were so divided, that they would, depending on who was in power, take turns killing uh, the other person uh, in an effort to force them to believe it or die. And then another monarch would take over, and uh, and then it would be the other team's turn to Christians' turn to persecute and kill other Christians for not believing exactly what they believed, and uh, and the gunpowder plot arose out of this this religious um, this religious war, and there was a huge amount of violence um, over what we believed. Um, 
and this was between Christians. Um, and yet, you know, the world over, over and over again, we have seen uh, violence based on on religion. And it starts a really interesting conversation with our kids if we want to go there. You don't have to, but if you're if you're up for it, um, explaining to your kids about the story of the gunpowder plot, and I'm sure they will have heard it in school. Um, but to to really ask, why do you think people get so angry about what people believe about God? Um, why do you think they were trying to force each other to believe those things? Can you think of people now who don't know God like we do or believe something different about how to follow him? How do you think God wants us to treat them? And you can have a really interesting conversation about 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 why belief in God has led to violence and and where we're to position our hearts about it. If you want to go to Bible, you can pull out Mark 12, you know, 30 to 31 and talk about loving your neighbor or 1 Peter 3.15 and talk about, you know, always being ready to, uh, I'm just looking here, 1 Peter 3.15, always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have, but do this with gentleness and respect keeping a clear conscience and and how are we called to engage with people who don't believe whether they're christians who have a different view of of how to love god or pray or do church or whether it's people of totally different religions how are we how are we to encounter them and love them and and be around them and it, it can spark a really fascinating conversation. Uh, if you want to, you can push into any history you want about the Crusades or Henry VIII, or you can just keep it really narrow about uh, the gunpowder powder plot and what it is. But um, it is something that happens in our world. And it's something that has happened all throughout history. And as our children are learning about it and growing in it, it will help them understand both the persecution of the modern church uh, in you know, in places where the the church is oppressed and restricted, um, you can look at some of the open doors stuff about how the church still is being persecuted, um, both by other religions and, you know, by people of of no faith, but also in in what Christianity has done both between Christians and to other religions, and really help them see the past through the glasses of them and you being in relationship with a living, loving God. And uh, it's a it's a fascinating conversation to have with your teenagers, to have with your children, and um, and while you're eating hot dogs and uh, watching fireworks explode, um, have a really deep conversation about the nature of who God has called us to be, and how we are called to love those that are like us and not like us. So have a fantastic Guy Fox night. Eat lots of food. Um, smile at all of the uh, projects that your kids bring home and have really interesting conversations. And the question to send you home with today um, can be... Ooh, yes, I think I'll do something about prayer because we were talking about emotional intelligence and chatting to God at the beginning of this episode. So you can ask your kid, what is the best time you have ever had praying? Or if you want to go philosophical about it, if God knows everything, then why is it still good to tell him things? Have a good conversation. See you next week.
thank you for downloading the Parenting for Faith podcast. A new episode will be released next week. And why not look at parentingforfaith.org to watch the free eight-session course, to get in touch, or to find out about training and events near you. Thank you.